Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 587. So nice to see you. We've got a great show planned for you. We have a device, well, kind of like a device, about $14 that's going to take your photography of products to the next level and make your shots look Row. We've also got the brand new Raspberry Pi 3 Model A Plus we're going to be unboxing and talking about tonight. Don't go anywhere. It's going to be a great show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, everyone. It's so nice to have you here again with us this week. Hope you're doing well. How are you two? Awesome. Good. Yeah? Yeah. And you? I'm Robbie. This is Jeff. Sash is here. I'm doing well. Thanks, Jeff. Good. Yeah. Anything new? Lots new. Yeah. I'm on vacation for the rest of the year, which is kind of nice. So, wow. Yeah. Don't go back to work till next year. So okay. that's kind of nice take to the say. Rest, take the rest of the year off, Jeff. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Rest I'll be of able to say off. that on uh, New Year's Eve. New Year's Eve. I'll be able to say that. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, About sorry, five thirty. Sorry to rub that one in there. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, made a bunch of purchases today for, for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was kind of any new. tech gizmos. We can't really talk about it because the kids might be watching. But um, uh, all were tech. All tech. All Ooh. tech. So Ooh. we're looking forward to hearing more about this in about two weeks' time. Yes. When it can be spoken of. Yes. That's right. Yes. yes. Anything new in the tech world that we can talk about? That that email that I send out just before the show that says, make sure you think about something to talk about. Well, you know, it it really comes down to the fact that I'm sitting here going, I haven't had to work. What have I done? Mm. (laughs) So it's like the brain just kind of turned off. But uh, in the tech world, I guess, um, at my church, uh, I went in to do some sound system uh, work because we had a hum in the system and it ended up we had a whole network problem that network yeah ethernet that, yeah that wasn't um, there was some devices that were not connecting properly and then when we tried to get into the system settings of the router we were locked out so there was hmm. something on the factory end of the router that because it had been so long since it logged in yeah it was no longer loading the admin page so we had to factory reset do you think Everything. someone might have compromised it by any chance? I don't think it was a compromisation, mm-hmm. um, but we have had a, a lot of technological additions to the network over oh, the last okay. year, mm-hmm. and nobody's gone in to do maintenance just right. to clean everything up, and mm-hmm. so I think it just kind of bogged things down. Mm-hmm. Um, now, is this consumer gear or professional? No, it's all consumer gear. gear. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so just... You may know, have to church try network, turning it off and you know. on again once in a while. Exactly. Yeah. But it's one of those things where somebody else comes along and they've got a bright idea of how they want to make things better and then oh, it sure. becomes patchwork. Mm-hmm. And so when we went to try and fix the settings in the back end, nothing was working. So we had to factory reset everything. Yeah. So oh, we're talking no. IP phones, computers, debit machine, all that. Oh, so wow. It was a busy, okay. long day. Yeah, yeah I bet. So did that networking issue, did it have impact on the hum that you were receiving? 
Or is this just mm. unrelated and you have No, it's just to. totally unrelated. I came in to, to take care of oh, the home. Okay. We had and it's like, sound oh, cables the way, that we were... Also, not that I've ever been there where, oh, well, I needed to check one thing and... and uh, <laughs> well, oh, by the way, this, 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 and this are broken. It was and, totally yeah. a fluke. Like, I came in to deal be- with this hum where we had electrical lines that were running up against the sound cables and I just wanted to separate them under the soundstage. Oh. And so then, because of our debit machine, there was doing a security check yeah. and it was failing because of a port in the network. Right. So they're like, oh, Oh, you know, you got to deal with this port. So I went to log in to fix the port, and that I couldn't get in for diagnosis. Absolutely. Yeah. So then, when I couldn't get in, I'm like, "Why can't I get in? What's going on?" And so mm-hmm. I finally found a backend to get into the one router, and it only gave me access to half the network and some of the stuff that was not connected. It was saying it was live connected. I'm like, "This is ridiculous!" Mm. And so we finally, after about six hours, got it all figured out and. And mm. resolved, and now everything's running lickety-split. Nice. And you talk about factory resetting the device to bring it back to settings that allow <laughs> you to connect in and change things. Why are you laughing? <laughs> well, I'm laughing because uh, doing that with some things actually makes it worse. How do you know so much about factory resetting? Um, Sasha gave me a call. No, it was a, a text message on yes, Sunday, Sunday warning me that there was a problem on the network. Oh. That there was a potential problem. So okay. be ready for it. Yeah. Okay, so... What was it, 5.30 the next morning? Oh, it's still a problem. <laughs> oh, guess what? It didn't go away on its own. Yeah, yeah. Which I th- thought we could be a possibility. So I do reminder calls for patients that have appointments on Monday, on Sunday, because I live closest. Okay, so you right? stopped right? So I stopped in, but Dave and I were like on our way like through. Like it was stop for the calls and go because I had like a crazy amount of homework which Mm. is another story (laughs) um but um i got to work and the internet was down and i thought to myself oh probably just the internet's down like it'll probably just be fine yeah yeah right so i unplugged the what's that called is it a modem i unplugged the modem Mm -hmm. and then i plugged it back in Uh and the internet was still down this is where the truth comes out for what I did. Although I feel and like you what know. Did you do? <clears throat> the I internet- know someone did. I don't know who. <laughs> yeah, you do. Do I? <laughs> All right, what did you do? I just did what I do at home. <laughs> You pushed all the buttons? Yeah. Oh, oh darn. No, no not no, all the buttons. Hold okay. on. Are we talking not about all that the buttons. big like, network in the back that no. I helped you set up? No. This is the... Okay. So Rogers Communications, the coaxial cable internet, yeah. has a Hytron modem. Okay. That Hytron modem is obviously in a business network. It's bridged. Right. So that it goes into a DHCP server and that provides all the IP address. Okay. I would like to, in my defense, I wasn't the first one to touch it because when I went in to look at it, it was upside down on the shelf. Okay. So somebody else touched it, but I also did touch it. The ghosts of Christmas past. No, somebody else touched it too. So but then I took my pen and I just put it in a little hole, the reset. Oh my gosh, Sasha. It was <laughs> you. You did It was you. Not. Okay, so on, on devices where you see the button that says reset, <laughs> that is not the button that reboots. No, it's not. So, Jeff, when you did a factory reset on your devices, you knew that you were doing a factory reset, and you knew yes. how to then bring it back up to... Yes. So, so what happens in a case like that, Sasha? Oh, no. And for those of yeah, you we need... Okay, we need to save it life for Robbie. So, the, <laughs> so. the modem... Yeah. When it comes from the um, from the internet service provider, mm-hmm. is built for home. 
So okay. you can plug all your computers into it, and it gives them an IP address, and it gives them access to the Internet. Mm -hmm. mm. But it's insecure in that your computers are now connected directly to the Internet. So how do you know that there is a proper firewall that's blocking certain ports? How do you know that someone's not trying to whack away at your remote desktop? Right. So that if they finally guess your password, all of a sudden they install ransomware and encrypt all your files. Right. So when a, when a professional network is set up, the modem gets bridged, which is essentially saying, okay, it allows internet connectivity to one device, but the DHCP server, which allows things to get IP addresses, is turned off, mm -hmm. and the modem acts like a dumb device. It is then connected to a proper commercial firewall, yep. and that firewall controls what ports are allowed to be used, what devices can be connected by MAC address, oh, okay. what IP addresses are allowed to remotely connect into the network. So when you factory reset that modem, you re-enabled all the home features of the device. So now, oh, so, so at now, home, that's why it works fine. Sure, because yes. you don't have a commercial routing right. system, right? So, so now what you have is you've got your commercial stuff yeah. that has DHCP servers and firewalls and everything else still active, but you've just activated a second DHCP server on that same network. So now you have IP address conflicts. So ah. every time you turn on a computer, it doesn't know where am I supposed to get the IP address from. There are two servers sending out IP addresses. Ah. So now things lose communication and they can't connect, you can't get onto the internet because your in-house firewall can't get the connection because it's all messed up, right? Right. All the bridge is gone. Because the bridge is gone. In a little well, nothing spot. else was working. But, but we <sighs> say that so that you can understand yeah. what the difference is between a reboot yeah. and a reset. So yeah. a reset puts everything back to the manufacturer defaults. And that's not what I wanted to do. No. Not no. at all. No. But that wasn't my did. intention. So my actions and my intentions oh were my totally different. So, so unfortunately, that can cause a lot of problems oh, yeah. on a network. Right. Um, if you don't reboot things like your server, for example. I did sense that from your face that day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you did. I was no. like, I'll admit this <laughs> she didn't live. Admit. She didn't admit. So that yeah. I'm not in as oh, much trouble. I know trouble. Robbie doesn't get angry when he's on the air, <laughs> when people are watching I him. Can, <laughs> I can just about picture what your face was like when you saw it. I can, I'm just picturing like the, oh no, oh no, no. No, no, no. We'll see no, the Sasha. No. From, from an IT perspective, I had to come in. And I had to diagnose and figure yeah. out on an active network that, oh my gosh, the bridge is gone. Right. We have two active DHCP servers and the bridge is down. Now, was that an, like an initial thought for you? Because you left it last time. Who you would ever reset the modem? Right. Okay. So your brain doesn't naturally go there. All right. How long did it take me to fix it, Sasha? Diagnose it and fix it. 18 minutes. 18, you timed it? Well, I knew when your appointment was. Oh, okay. <laughs> so that's pretty good. That's yeah. pretty good. But you were down for two days, basically. Uh, yeah. Because it was when I came in that I, that I fixed it. So, yeah. So watch out for that button. You watch out for that button. The button is actually, it, yeah. Yeah, so I won't do that. So, but unplugging it and plugging it back in is a safe way. That's a reboot. And yeah. that's fine. So that if... That I will do yeah. in future. And so in this case, maybe Rogers was down for a bit. Maybe they were doing construction in the area or installing it in the neighbor's unit and they had to disconnect yours for a moment to connect everything together. Who knows, right? Yeah, exactly. So whether you would have needed to re restart the modem or not is, is hard to know. So We'll never know. We, we will never know. When you boil it down, basically what happened is 
Sasha's bread wasn't toasted enough, so she brought out a flamethrower to fix it. Essentially. It was unintentional. Oh, it just suddenly caught on fire. My overkill on the solution. <laughs> just wait for the internet to come up. I'm just going to reset the system. Boop. Next time, call your toaster manufacturer and ask them, <laughs> is this what I'm supposed to do? Oh. Yeah. Hey, we've got a really fun show for you tonight. We've got a Raspberry Pi 3 model A+. The brand new one from Raspberry Pi we're going to be unboxing in just a few moments' time. We've also got a little bit of kit that's available for under about $14 that may be able to take our photography of product shots okay. to the next level and make it look professional. Can it be true for only $14? We're going to find that out tonight on Category 5. Stick around. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners, and thank you for watching. Welcome back. Tonight we're looking at the Raspberry Pi 3 Model A+. Now, how can the latest and greatest version of the Raspberry Pi be an A+, when the last greatest model was the B+. I, well, I can answer that. Can you? Well, I think so. <laughs> a plus is just better. That's oh, like a the plus best. Is like yes. Plus. B plus. Nicely done. B plus is like pie. you could do a little better. So like by yeah. really, what we're saying is Raspberry Pi is most improved student. Yeah, because they keep going. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. Oh yeah, we're they went from zero to A plus. <laughs> uh, so this is the uh, the latest version of the Raspberry Pi line. Uh, it boasts a 64-bit quad-core processor, okay. just like the previous iteration, the B plus. Um, it has a different form factor. It's got dual band 2.4 gigahertz and 5 gigahertz. And one of the neat things about this, if you're using the A plus for um, for developing a product, so mm -hmm. if you want to put this in a, a smart home device that you're going to be selling, for example. The Wi-Fi is already pre-certified, so oh. you don't have to go through the certification process. It expedites the, your ability to release your product that's using the Raspberry Pi as its okay. brain kind of thing. Oh. But it also cuts your cost because you don't have to go through that approval process. Right. The Raspberry Pi 3 Model A Plus mm. is also just $25. Ooh. So, hey, if it meets your need, this is going to be the perfect thing. I'm going to head over to our unboxing table here. This was a gift from, uh, from Marshman. Thank you, Marshman. Oh, nice. And there it is, the Raspberry Pi 3 Model A+. Plus. Uh, let's get right into the box and get a look at it. As I mentioned, it's got a 1.4 gigahertz Cortex-A53 64-bit uh, quad-core processor. Now, you notice right away that the form factor is different from a standard Raspberry Pi uh, like the B+, plus, for example. Let's get out our trusty ruler here, make sure I've got the right side here, because I always do this. This is the craziest ruler, folks. What do we have? We have... Turn it over. 
65 millimeters, about two and a half inches, a little more than that. Um, now I can see it, it looks like a square, but in my hand, this side is definitely a little bit shorter, about, yeah, 56 millimeters, about 2.2 inches this way. And so the form factor is definitely a little bit different for you. So we've got um, a couple of interesting uh, facts about this board. First of all, the one thing that I notice right out of the box, this is the first time I've had it out, is that there is no Ethernet. But as I mentioned, it does have dual band 2.4 and 5 gigahertz uh, Wi-Fi. It's got BGN and AC compatibility. It's got Bluetooth 4.2. And it's got a full-size 40-pin GPIO uh, extended connector as well. So if you want to use this for prototyping or building your product, this is the perfect little board as long as you don't need Ethernet. It has a single USB 2 port. And working our way around the board, we've got our audio um, jack here as well, uh, which doubles as video, composite video. So if you've got the cable with the yellow um, end on it, you'll be able to pull RCA video off of that as well. Uh, we've got a camera connector. We've got a couple of different uh, connectors there, display as well. We've got full-sized HDMI. We've got the power input, which is 5 volts, 2.5 amp uh, right here, which is just the USB micro working our way around. Uh, we've got the improved Wi-Fi chip, the processor there. On the other side, we can see a couple of, uh, well, the board is double-sided, and then we've got the SD card uh, port here. So that's for, your, uh, for booting your operating system, as well as the storage itself. So not a lot to see because we're so used to these single board computers and this one is kind of a little bit streamlined, a little bit stripped down if you will, um, but definitely as a prototyping board or something that is going to power a device that you're creating, manufacturing, this is going to be really, really cool, again, as long as you do not need that uh, Ethernet connectivity. That said, we do have a USB 2 port, so uh, presumably we could use uh, an Ethernet USB adapter. Uh, in order to gain that if we'd like. What else is in the box, if anything? Nothing at all. There you go, just the instruction manual, and that's it. That's the model A plus Raspberry Pi 3. We're going to be taking a look at that, getting the giggle score off of that in the next couple of weeks' time. There you have it. What do you think of that? Uh, that's very nice. Now, one thing... Uh chat room picked up on yes 65 by 56 millimeters not centimeters millimeters <laughs> that's, that's a big <laughs> sbc <laughs> it's okay it's, it's about this <laughs> we're using a special telescopic lens that's here right. thank yeah. you very much yes so i am a yeah. giant it is not quite that big <laughs> yeah but it's still very nice and, the, and then there was a question about uh micro sd it is micro sd okay if i said sd that's that's what i mean it's a yeah, micro, it's micro sd, SD. Yep. yeah absolutely very um, cool. and of course we're open to any other questions we are going to be testing that as i mentioned with the giggle score we're going to be putting that up against a couple of other boards as well well, very interested in seeing how it performs. And interestingly enough, in the preliminary tests that we've been seeing in the community, I do believe that it is performing better than a Raspberry Pi 3B+. Now, I say that I as a preliminary. Yeah, you, you kind of think so, as it's, it's newer and everything else. But it does have half of the RAM. So we've got to keep right. that in mind. Okay, that's true. Um, so if you're using it for, um, like, it's not something that you're going to be using for a RetroPie system or, or probably not for NEMS Linux or anything that requires a gig plus like that one gig of a raspberry pi 3b plus Mix. is really yeah. low already so cut that in half 
and now, okay, what, what is it good for? What can it be used for? Um, there are certain applications, of course, that are going to be really, really good for this board, mm-hmm. especially at the price point of 25 bucks. Yeah. Oh, exactly. That's going to yeah. be pretty sleek. Very nice. Now, the one thing about it that kind of shocked me is that there was no Ethernet port. Yeah. Like, that, to me, is a drawback. Because I like to be hardwired in at home. Absolutely. I have yeah. better mm-hmm. control with the data that's being sent when it's mm-hmm. over Ethernet as opposed to just out there in the Wi-Fi world. Mm-hmm. So why would they eliminate the Ethernet on it? Cut cost. Mm. Cut the okay. underlying price of the board. Okay. So they're presuming that this is going to be something of a smart home device. So if I'm going to build something and create something from this device, use this as my prototyping board, it's going to be Wi-Fi connected. Right. You, you know, all of the, the devices that we use that are smart home, they're all Wi-Fi. Yeah, that's you, right. don't, you don't plug an Ethernet cable into uh, an Amazon Echo. True. Right? It just, that's not how it works. So, yeah, it's not great for streaming video because it is Wi-Fi and it's limited to the, the throughput of Wi-Fi. Now, it is a pretty decent Wi-Fi chip, but I have found that Raspberry Pi Wi-Fi has been eh, a little yeah. substandard. Right. Um, but again, it's what is it for? What is the Raspberry Pi for? That's and true. that's where it really does well in that kind of manufacturing, building something, learning, education, um, robots, for example. Using this as a brain for a robot with Wi-Fi oh, built true. in. Yeah, that'd work. Uh, it's a smaller form factor. It's a little bit faster. doesn't have a lot of RAM, but doesn't need it when it's just running some Python. Um, and... Uh, and it would do very, very well in that scenario, I think. Cool. So it boils down to what you want to use it for. I'm excited to see the giggle score. Mm-hmm. I am too. You get one at cat5.tv slash pi. Check them out and let us know what you think would be the best option. As I mentioned, Jeff, you can presumably use a USB adapter to get Ethernet if you right. absolutely needed it. Um, but that's not the intention of this board no. with you know, keeping the cost down at 25 bucks. I think that's pretty cool. We've got to take a really quick break. When we come back, we've got another, de- uh, well, not really a device. It is a, it's something that we connect uh, to power, at least, so it's a little bit of technology. But it's something that is only about $14, and it's meant to bring our product photography to the next level and make us look like pros with our photos. Can it be true? Stick we'll around. See. We'll find out. Whether you shop on ThinkGeek, GearBest, B&H Photo Video, eBay, or Amazon, or even if you want a free trial of Audible, you'll find the best deals and support the shows we produce by simply visiting the shopping sites you already frequent by using the links on our website. Visit Category5.tv slash partners for the full and ever-growing list and help us create more free content like this show. Thank you for shopping with our partners and thank you for watching. You might want to take the lens cap off. I don't need to because I'm a professional photographer. <laughs> what? <laughs> exactly. How many of us are, want to be, you know, we're amateur photographers. We want our photos to look good. And then we take pictures with the lens cap on and we do all 
sorts of silly things. Right, okay. It happens. Come on, Jeff. Fair enough. Don't be foolish. Uh, I've got my Nikon D5100, by no means a professional camera. But hey, it takes some pretty good pictures. Right. But when I want to take a product shot, what am I doing? I'm like clearing off a table and wiping it down and trying to make sure that it's nice and clean. I'm I'm setting up maybe a, a cloth or a drape or something like that in such a way that it you know looks reasonably professional. Right. But what if I could take it to the next level and it would only cost me fourteen dollars? Okay. Ooh. Wouldn't that uh, be nice? Along comes the snake oil salesman, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> It, could it be true? We're going to find out. I'm going to head on over to our unboxing table with my camera here. Okay, I'm working my way over. All right, guys. Ooh. All right, here's what I'm going to do. We've got this device from cat5.tv slash cam tent for camera tent. Now, you've seen these kinds of things before, but for just 14 bucks, can this really be worth our $14. We've had fake SD cards off of Amazon. We've had all kinds of junk off of Amazon. But could this really take decent photos or help us? Is this seriously called a slow dolphin? It is called slow dolphin 20 centimeter, not 20 <laughs> meters. <laughs> <laughs> LED portable photo studio. So you see how portable it is. Comes with its own carrying bag. It's got a USB cable right out of the bag. So this is an unbagging tonight, I guess. A little bit of instructions I don't think we're going to need. We've got several colors of fabric here. Ooh. Oh, that's taking me back to the carpets you sit on in kindergarten. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is presumably... Oh, look at this. We've got LED here. I've got another LED strip at the bottom there. I don't have to go out and invest in a whole bunch of gear. I can just pack this thing up and uh, these are for product shots. So if you're shooting jewelry or any kind of smaller products, single board computers, things like that. We've got some snaps just like the buttons on your jeans. Just going to pop these together. Here we go. And lo and behold, one more snap. Come on. There we are. So this is what it looks like, like that. We've got a flap here that we can lift up to be able to put our camera in, camera lens. And I guess these guys are just going to, I didn't read the instructions, but. That's Jeff's job. Yeah. (laughs) Jeff, you can read the instructions for us. Oh, I see. Okay. So without reading any instructions, this is how simple it is. There are a couple of little cutouts here. See that? It's a little flap. Oh, so it's like a uh, mini muslin. A little what? Uh, Is is that how you pronounce it? Muslin? Like for like the back muslin screen? Yeah. Yeah. This is not a muslin material. This is like a a cheap fabric, but it's going to clip on, I guess, right here. Look at that. So set up time, if you are doing this, you know, at a, let's say you're doing this for a customer site, look at that. Ah. That's quick and easy. Not too shabby. So let's, uh, let's grab this USB cable that came with it. And just for kicks, Sasha, you're going to appreciate this. I ah. brought my USB um, charging device. So this is just a battery pack. And, and also... I've got batteries 
charged. Good to go. So this USB cable has full-size USB. Sorry, I'm a bit out of focus there just because of the depth. I've got USB on one end, USB micro times two on the other end. So I'm going to plug these into the light panels that are built right in here. Turn it upside down just so that you at home can see it. So this being only $14, it is, you know, a quick and dirty solution, but presumably with all these LEDs, it's going to do pretty well. We don't have to have big soft boxes or anything like that. Now, one thing I'm going to mention here, you'll notice that as I'm plugging these in, I'm holding that USB port as I plug in that cable. I want to do that as well when I'm unplugging it. Hold that port and very carefully unplug that. You don't want to break the solder joints off of this port, okay? So be careful of that. And if you're reading reviews on Amazon, be mindful that uh, some folks didn't think to do that. Um, so if they're complaining that it's broken, just keep that in mind. Over here, I'm going to do the same thing. And because this is powered by USB, again, I should be able just to plug this right in to my USB um, charger for my phone. There we are. And here we go. Beautiful. Nice. So we can just kind of fix up that drape a little bit, get the creases out. There we are. I'm doing this upside down and backwards, so just keep that in mind if you think it looks a little bit rickety. There you are. So we can now take pictures of products through the, through the top here, or of course from the front. Now this is about one foot square, I would say. And uh, that's our new product shot device. So I can turn this around and get a picture for you. Let's just throw, um, let's throw a NanoPi M4 on there. Ah. Beautiful. Take that. And there you go. And, and so then presumably with the hole at the top, you could take... A, a down shot? Sure. Let's give it a try. Like that's the intention? Okay. Beautiful. And that's all there is to it. So for $14, we've got a little kit that will now take our product shots very much to the next level. I shoot a lot of single board computers. So setting them up and, uh, you know, you've got clutter in the background or whatever else. And right. So now... That's not an issue whatsoever. So now you can live your cluttered life and still have nice shots. There you go, right? Take, take it with you and set it up anywhere you want. And you've got a way to take great little product shots for just $14. And in fact, uh, if you want to save 5%, there's a little checkbox for you that will give you another 5% off of the price. And you can do that through our link at cat5.tv slash camtent. Hmm. Cool. It's just another thing I really want. There you go. Turns out. You can use your phone, <laughs> take pictures with the phone. You don't have to have a DSLR. Exactly. And it'll still make your shots a lot better. Nice. Now, interestingly enough, I'm just seeing in the chat room from Solbu, he says that the chairman of the board at his job has one of those. Mm. And he uses it heavily to take pictures of the items that are on sale at the secondhand store and Beautiful. publish them on the Facebook page. Perfect. So, uh, 
Okay. And that's interesting because, hey, if you sell them, you've made money, presumably, and, and the better the product shots are, mm-hmm. the, the more you're going to sell. Right. Guaranteed. The, the, the professional photos, and even if they're not professional, I use the word professional in, in the context that they look good. Yeah. They look clear. They've got a nice backdrop like that. They've got proper lighting. Um, and what I love about this is that the lighting is built in. Hmm. And as I showed there tonight, you can plug it into a, a battery charger or a phone charger. You don't have to have AC power. Right. So now you can take it anywhere. And you've got that. You don't ha- I'm used to having big soft boxes right. that you've got to set up for everything that you shoot. I legit could have used this this week three times. Oh. Like I'm thinking of times mm-hmm. that I had to take a picture of something and then put it into a project. Oh, yes. And yeah. so like the picture is like I take it with my phone and my hand is in the picture. Right. right? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. There you go. Oh. Now you know. <laughs> now, the, I mean, one of the things that popped up in the chat room, totally unrelated to the product itself, but the fact that it's a, a, a cheap product. Yes. Not necessarily in quality, but it's a cheap product from, mm-hmm. uh, you know, overseas would and it's USB. Would there be wisdom in buying a USB condom not knowing what's within the... Oh, no. It's just a light. You can see the circuit board yourself. Okay. All right. What Jeff is asking is, is is there any potential of it destroying your device or hacking your device? (laughs) Well, yeah, because, I mean, we covered that, what, about two months ago? Yeah, no, not not in this case. I mean, it's an LED light panel. Fair enough. (laughs) It's a pretty basic circuit, for sure. Um, But as I've shown there, I'm using an external power pack that I use to charge my phone when I'm on the go. So it's completely air gapped for many devices anyways but it's <laughs> cool. not not a concern whatsoever in this case now I'd, I'd be interested to know how long those leds led lights last mm-hmm. because on the battery no like or just the actual general. lights themselves because oh, yeah. i find so often it, you know when you get those cheap little runners of led lights mm-hmm. they start burning out one at a time and, and really? i'd be interested to see how long they last right mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. could just replace i mean you could just buy a new one for well, that cost 14, but you yes, could also exactly. just replace them right you're a good solderer you could just <laughs> uh, uh, i wouldn't want to deal with that for 14 dollars. yeah no no exactly and i'll just give you one tip use a five volt power cable yeah not a 12 volt <laughs> and you should do okay <laughs> <laughs> How many people make that mistake? <laughs> Just plug it into USB and you're good. Uh, All right, we're going to head over to the newsroom. Sasha, are you ready for us? I certainly am. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category 5.TV newsroom. Samsung has patented a phone display that projects Star Wars-like holograms. Fitbit has rolled out OS 3.0 for Versa and Ionic with new apps, more stats, and a bright future. Yay, more Facebook security woes. The latest bug exposed the private photos of 6.8 million users. Capture, an iPhone 3D scanner app, hints at the future of augmented reality. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. This is the Category 5.TV Newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. Jeff Weston. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? 
Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cap5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Welcome back to the Category 5.TV newsroom, a.k.a. Tech Bytes. Just a quick mention before we jump into the news stories this week. Uh, our thoughts are with our, uh, our friend Roy W. Nash, who mm-hmm. is our news director here at Category 5.TV. I received this email and I uh, wanted to share it with you. To Robbie and the crew and the Category 5.TV community, I haven't been able to submit any news for the upcoming show as I suffered a heart attack on Friday. I'm now awaiting for a triple heart bypass operation, and it looks like I'll be in over Christmas. So I'd like to wish everyone in the Cat5 community a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and God willing, I'll be around for years to come. That comes to us from Roy W. Nash, a.k.a. Scorpio55 in the community. Y'all know him and love him. Our prayers, our thoughts are with him and his family, and uh, we wish you well, man, and Mm -hmm. uh, and Mm -hmm. are hoping for a very speedy and successful recovery and operation. All right, we're going to jump into the news. Sasha, back over to you. Okay. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're following this week. Samsung has patented a phone display that projects Star Wars-like holograms. Samsung claims that it has invented a new holographic device that will actually project high-quality 3D images in the air without having to look at a display from a specific angle, unlike the Nintendo 3DS. The display, according to the patent published by the World Intellectual Property Office and the United States Patent and Trademark Office, uses a new type of spatial light light modulator that eliminates the limited viewing angle and low resolution of current holographic technologies. While it may sound like hype, Samsung is known to have been working on holographic technology for a while. Perhaps they have indeed solved the bad quality and limitations that plague current holographic systems. The document describes a series of micro lenses arrays that set on a flat surface that focuses the light beam emitted from the display to project the 3D image into mid-air thanks to the company's new spatial light modulator. There's speculation that Samsung could be working on bringing this new patented technology to the f- to future phones. In the past, the company's phone patents have mentioned 3D holographic displays without providing any implementation details. This is the first time that the Korean company has provided actual details. Of course, while this may show promise in the lab, we don't know how far we are from an actual implementation. Witchcraft. No, you know what? (laughs) Samsung, you're our only hope. Oh, nicely done, sir. There you go. Nicely played. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. I, I have loved the changes in holographic technology that we've been seeing over the last couple of years and i i always look for the next thing because it's still i mean as much as you can say this about holographic it's still very basic mm-hmm. oh sure but, but i mean it, it's incredibly advanced technology but i feel like there's so much more to be done and so when these kind of stories come out it's like yes i love it because i can't wait to see those you know star wars type images show up. I mean, uh, what was the movie with Ben Affleck where um, uh, they wipe his brain and anyway, he at the beginning of the movie, he steals another company's technology mm. and then 
like does that whole thing and rebuilds this device. And, and ever since that, I'm like, somebody's got to make that happen. And it would be cool if Samsung nailed it. Was that minor- Minority Report? No. No, no. That was... Um, I can't. I remember that was Tom that. Cruise. Yeah, right, right, right. Um, P- Paycheck. I think it's called Paycheck. Can't remember, but I do remember I, the movie. Yeah, yeah. And and that that technology. I mean, the spatial light modulator. What's so cool? The it heck is sounds that? really cool. Oh yeah. Let's I, just patent the name. I picture like going into um, like a doctor's office at, for a diagnosis situation sure. and having the doctor like bring up a holographic like this is what a heart looks like and this mm. is right and to be able to explain something to somebody well, yeah. where they can actually get it because they can see it. And we know too um, one of your stories tonight is about the the kind of spatial recognition of the iPhone and, and so we know that like 3D imaging technology has come so far that we can control things with hands. We know from the Nintendo Switch, for example, that, hey, accelerometers are pretty mm-hmm. amazing these days. Right. And so what's to stop you from being able to control this like right. the so, movies, like sci-fi? Right. Right? So like in a classroom setting, you could have, you know, like the dissection class could be a holographic oh, sure. image that you can just yep. go through, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's a way less smelly than formaldehyde. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Very cool, though. I like this one. That is really neat. And it's Samsung. I love Samsung. <laughs> <laughs> Fitbit has rolled out OS 3.0 for Versa and Iconic. It's new apps, more stats, and a bright future. It's the season of giving, and Fitbit has a great gift for all Versa and Ionic owners. Beginning this week, the company is rolling out Fitbit OS 3.0 to all smartwatch models, bringing a slew of apps, features, and enhancements to help you get even more out of your new smartwatch. At the center of the update is an extended on-device dashboard so that you can both see and input more stats right on your wrist. While you could already monitor things like steps, exercise, and heart rate by swiping up to reveal the Today's screen, OS 3.0 expands on the concept, letting you view sleep data as well as heart rate and hourly activities. You'll also be able to see your weight and water log totals and update them right on your wrist. There are also new apps and clock faces that leverage the sensors built into Fitbit and Ionic to create an even stronger link with your with your workout routine. Among the new apps are Couch to 5K, which offers insights and training programs for short and long races, Genius Wrist, which bundles four apps, which is Gym Genius, Gym Time Pro, Workout Builder, and Workout Genius, to provide structure on device workouts, and My Swim Pro, which delivers custom guided swim workouts and uses real-time heart rate data to help you perform with your performance all of the new apps are free to download but some features require a separate smartphone app purchase to update your device visit the fitbit app on your iphone or android phone now do either of you use fitbit uh no okay I do. Boom. I have an What's Ionic. That? Ionic, okay. Yes, which has I don't I don't know if you well, can here, see it. Well, here, let's switch back to your your close-up okay. cam because that Cuz maybe you can see my view. super cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, right. you can maybe see yeah. it. It's a little, it a little smiley bit. face. Oh, okay. Okay, did your watch not allow you to view your sleep patterns and all that before? So if I go I haven't updated. My I My watch doesn't. Oh, great. So, I haven't wound it. <laughs> so I have my steps. I, like, I can see my calories burnt. I have oh, my heart rate. Cool. 
You need to like walk up to the camera with that and, and show that. That's pretty neat. Okay, but this is, I mean, as you're going through the story, I'm like, hey, this is cool, updates, that's fun. But then when you're like, oh, you could you know, check your water intake and your sleep patterns. You I'm, can reta- I'm retaining water. Well, I'm sitting here going, <laughs> okay, I've my watch is like three years old and, and, and it's a gear fit too. And oh, it's okay. been doing that forever. Like, that's why I got this is because I wanted to monitor my sleep. So I'm shocked that the Fitbits didn't already have it as part of their software. But they can update it. So that's exactly cool. my well, my yeah. watch tells the time. Hey, that's, and that's cool. all. And that's okay. Right. So with this one, you you get the updates. Yeah. And it gets you the new features and everything else. Exactly. How is the like does it have an accelerometer? I guess it would have to. It right? does. How accurate is that? Like could they <laughs> we were talking about being able to move holograms. Like could they put it in Fitbit? I would think they'd probably be able to. And then you could like have one on each wrist and control things just by just yeah. Oh. See? Oh, see we're see patent that. That's a spatial hand modulator. <laughs> <laughs> see the reason I didn't get the Fitbit though is because um you went with Garmin. No, I went with uh, um you said Gear. Uh Gear, Samsung okay. Gear Fit too. Oh, mm-hmm. Samsung. Yeah, the reason I went with oh, this is okay. because I found that the step counter was much more accurate than on the Fitbit. Oh yeah? Yeah, like with because uh, I ch- I trial ran a, a Fitbit and mm-hmm. like need- things like flipping papers mm-hmm. was counting as steps. Nice. And, uh, I need that. Well, yeah, and I'm like, there's no way I've <laughs> done ten thousand steps today. I've been sitting in my chair all day. One point seven million steps today. <laughs> exactly. Brilliant. It so, it, yeah. it takes some time to learn your step, right? So if you only trialed it for a short period, I like think it weeks. took. Yeah, I, it takes a little bit of time because I know sometimes, for example, when I'm writing an exam, I'm not allowed to have a watch on, but mm-hmm. I like the heart rate monitor, right. so I put the watch on my ankle. Mm-hmm. Right. Well. I'm still taking just one step, but now the stride is so much longer, it, it oh, re... Okay. It, it's oh, okay. confused. Oh, Interesting. Yes. But you're but not still, supposed to wear it on your ankle. I mean, okay. as far as the story goes, it's neat that they're just rolling out a whole bunch of new stuff, and it's like, hey, we're update to your phone. Yeah. Or to, it, your, to, to your, your watch. watch. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's the technology of well, it. Exactly. I'm, I'm very old school that way. Like, I do have a, a, a wind-up uh, analog watch. It's very watch. steampunkish. It is very steampunkish, and, and uh, that's what I like. Sure. But, but mm-hmm. if you're into that kind of connectivity and everything, I can see a benefit in that for sure. Mm-hmm. So have you got the update? I haven't got the update yet. Okay. I checked I checked this morning and I didn't have it on my I didn't have it available on my phone oh, yet. Oh okay. But uh, as soon as it's, it's like available super current news. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. As soon as I have it available, I'll update and then I will let you know. I guess presumably if folks have ordered these for Christmas gifts and things like that, then they can get that update right away, most likely. Exactly. And then you've got the latest and greatest. Christmas 2.0. Well, I'll tell you the sleep log situation is what most interests me because it's the only reason why I check my Fitbit app on my phone. Everything else of interest is on my watch already. So now it just takes me away from my phone and onto my wrist. I didn't like that about the, uh, the... the Google Home Mini having to check my phone for the things that were the answers to my questions. Mm. Right. So I can see how, yeah, you'd want that to be, hey, this yeah. is supposed to show me stuff. So. Exactly. So now I don't need to use my phone, and we, we know that I've it. been trying to cool. distance myself. So There you go. Cool. There we go. Very good. Yay. More Facebook security woes. The latest bug exposed the private photos of 6.8 million users. Facebook has revealed that a bug in application permissions allowed 6.8 million users' private photographs to slip into app developers' hands. The mistake went unnoticed for 12 days before being rectified. 
Anybody affected by the bug already allowed the apps in question to take photos from their timeline. It's just that the bug then opened this up to images from Facebook Stories and Facebook Marketplace. It also allowed access to photographs uploaded to Facebook but not posted, which Facebook says are stored for three days until they're removed. Thanks to GDPR, it turns, if it turns out Facebook waited longer than 24 hours to report the breach, then it could be on the receiving end of a 20 million pound fine. Let's make an example of them. <laughs> so does anybody actually trust Facebook anymore? Hmm. No. No. Like, I hmm. think, it, I mean, for years I've been saying, and, and, and I have been, well, don't put mm-hmm. private stuff up on there. Right. It, but here's the thing. It's not about private stuff. It's on their, their private photos. Like, I can put up a post yes. that is only for certain people. It's not public accessible. But it is public. You know yeah. Facebook is a public Absolutely. Service. But mm-hmm. the fact is, I think there's a certain... Because, uh, I mean, when I first heard about this, I was like, okay, fair enough. I never post something on Facebook that I don't want Zuckerberg to see. Sure. Um, so anything that's up there, if it gets out, it gets out, whatever. Um, it's just really, do I want everything to be seen? And so, but the, the funny thing about this is, sure, it's a bug, but this used to be a common thing years ago with Facebook because they'd update their security settings and yeah. everything in the past that you had reset. in private was now reset to public. Because when I worked at the jail, I found out this because yeah. one of our former clients looked me up on Facebook and, and then was like, hey... Beautiful family. I was looking through your photos. I'm like, excuse me? I was locked down. So uh, this yes. isn't new yeah. for Facebook. I feel like this is just another iteration of them going, oh, we put everything out there. The, the part that is bothersome to me is the fact that Facebook, so if you don't post your photos, right? So you've loaded them, but you decide not to post them. It's still good. They still, it's still accessible. It's still accessible. You didn't post anyways. them, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. that's troublesome. Oh, sure. that's just... Like the tip of the iceberg. I yeah. will take photos that I put in private folder locations on my phone that I don't want my apps to see. It's in a, a secure folder. And somehow I'll load Facebook and I'll go, hey, do you want to post a story about this photo that I have not uploaded to <laughs> Facebook? I have not given it permission mm-hmm. to access, but suddenly it goes, hey. Lock so it down. It's like, you know, that app's going to suck the life out of you anyway how many of us are still using facebook now i have to have it for the show yeah that's it I that, have, you know jeff knows especially and sasha was the first to abandon facebook i would love to abandon facebook you know that i'm very like you'll never get a hold of me on facebook now well exactly it's yeah discord and that's it pretty twice much. twice now i've actually wiped out facebook eliminated my profile and everything because of you know private uh, previous yeah. work uh, but you know just all the families on Facebook. I, I don't do like the, the Christmas yeah. cards. I don't do the email family updates. And it's like that's the only way for them to get to get connected because they're you know Facebook it, fans. Mm-hmm. I will say it actually was great at my sister's wedding this past Saturday to see my family and they be excited to tell me about things that have happened because they know I'm right. on Facebook. Right, isn't that right? cool? Eh? So I actually had real authentic. And then, yeah. you know, this happened with Aiden. And this, ha- you know, like... Yeah, because Facebook fun. has created this society where someone will start to tell you, oh, did, did, did you know about... Yeah, I saw the photos on Facebook. Yeah. Right, but I don't know 
anything. I didn't know about yeah. my cousin's new job. That's cool. It was, yeah. it was awesome. Mm-hmm. Capture an iPhone 3D scanner app. Hints at the future of augmented reality. 3D scanners don't have to cost a fortune. As it turns out, you might already have one in your pocket. A new free app called Capture uses the true depth sensors on X-series iPhones to make crude 3D models of small objects, which you can then plop into different settings through augmented reality or share with other folks through iMessage or other means. With Capture, you can use an iPhone XS XS Max to scan 3D models of, say, Macworld's old Macintosh SE, being careful to scan each angle. Once done, you can flip and spin the 3D model around inside the app as though the old Mac were a prop in a video game. You could also send it to a friend who'd then be able to use their iPhone's camera to see how it looks on their own desk through augmented reality. This will work even if that user is on an iPhone 7 which doesn't have the true depth sensor built in. Sounds revolutionary, right? For now, it looks pretty basic, but don't blame standard cyborg for this. Capture's awkwardness springs from the current design of the true depth sensors, which are made to read faces from only a few inches away. That means Capture only works well if you're holding something in your hands or scanning your face, as the iPhone only has true depth sensors on the front-facing camera. Capture is free, so it can be appreciated as a novelty that highlights the potential of tr- of true depth. How cool is that? That is awesome. I like to think you've got 3D scanning technology in your pocket, presumably. Well, I yeah. mean, that's, that's, okay, so it's on the new iPhones, but now to be able to, you know, maybe potentially bring that kind of technology to other exactly. devices. Yeah, just start small, right? So it's on the iPhone, it's only on the front-facing camera, but eventually people will pick up on that and build on it, mm-hmm. right? And it seems to be a theme that's kind of happening tonight. Yeah. Completely unintentionally, but maybe it's just that, you know, technology is driving toward holographic technology, um, the ability to interact with augmented reality that we are capturing ourselves. How cool would... Now, combine those two technologies, right? So right. here's a theory for you. And make a, make a FaceTime call with your, your kid who's away at college. A holographic, holographic Holographically. Of your kid. <laughs> augmented. Like, put all of this stuff together. Right. Augmented reality. They're standing in the house as a hologram. Right. Like, this is, like, serious Star Trek stuff. Right. We're now starting to see the the bare bones introductory technologies to make it possible. Sure. It's neat. I, I like it. And what... I love that we've gone to AR. It, it was... For a long time, it was all virtuality. Virtual reality is going to be the big thing. We've moved off VR as a technology. It's almost like but look it was, at where it's at. Right, right. But it's almost now like it's, it's time to move forward. Right. It's right. like it was dead before it even got off the ground. No, it's not no, dead. It's, it's just not getting dead. better and better. I know, but I think with the advancements of AR, it could take it to a whole different level. And is VR going to be able to stand up to AR? Is this going to be like the um, the HD versus Blu-ray? I, I don't think it's one or the other. I don't think it's AR or VR. It's the evolution it's of. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Right. But they both, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see. Yeah. The, the capability, though, to carry it now in our pockets rather than having to set up like a PlayStation VR rig yeah. camera kind of set up or anything like that. Or you've seen the cameras wrapped around somebody and that becomes, you know, a photo environment to create right. a, a 3D bust of the person or something like that. So now take that to your pocket. And once they start 
improving on that technology. So right now it's very rudimentary, right? Right. But now combine the 3D scan with the actual photograph, the, the, the actual textures that the camera is seeing, put them together, and now all of a sudden you've got something that you can put in video games. You've got something right. that you can bring into aug augmented reality. So if you're at the store and you see something that you think, oh, that would look really nice in the house, well, now you can scan it with your phone right. in 3D space, mm -hmm. take your phone home, bring up augmented reality, this is all just using your phone, and see what it would look like in your house. Then combine that with your first story and use holographic imagery to, hey, oh yeah, that would look really good there. See, right. See, I think to myself, remember they had the Google glasses? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I f like, and they didn't we'll, we'll fly. We'll call it Google glasses. I don't know what today. they were called. Google what? Glass. Google Glass? Yeah, okay. Yeah, because cool. They truncated at the end. Right. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, <laughs> it's only one glass. <laughs> okay, so picture that they can make that just a, like fly. I'm so calling it Google Monocle now. <laughs> <laughs> They could, like, if you had that opportunity, again, to relaunch that sort of technology mm. with this augmented situation, then really you could do some things with, um, uh, I guess it wouldn't be super safe. I was going to say with safety in mind, mm. but maybe they could, where, where they are able to use the augmented reality to put things in your visual space oh, right sure. absolutely block off entire streets you're not supposed to go down <laughs> yeah well, yeah see i'm i'm thinking from the emotional support end of it, it yeah. as weird as that sounds but like you hear of all these stories it's like oh i need to bring my emotional support snake onto a plane you know oh. if, if you if you can get you know these scans of say your pet and then you build it as an augmented reality thing for you. Does that provide the emotional support for people? Now he's just getting creepy. No, I'm no, just no, wondering no, 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 how it's that. wrong to have... No, I'm not or, saying it's wrong, but, but, but where people, they want to be able to connect with things that are comfortable yeah. to them. But, you know, hey, going away on a long trip, it, here's a, a scan of, you know, this one piece of but, whatever but in my Jeff, home that gives me comfort. If it fits in my pocket now, why, why not just make that call? And have like a face-to-face -face conversation with a holographic replica or an augmented reality replica at this point. Because maybe it's, it's not something you make a call with. Maybe it's just, it's a video, like if this gets from beyond picture to video, <laughs> it's a video of your dog napping or something. And, you've, and it's like, I'm feeling Help stressed. Help Obi-Wan Kenobi. Exactly. But here's this, hope. you know, this augmented reality of my dog on the, wherever I am. You know, like I can see how this, like so from it's a okay standpoint. to replace your dog with a holographic image of no, a no. dog. No, no, no. From a therapy standpoint, stuff like that. I can see how this could be very beneficial. If it's so it. many great uses. Oh, absolutely. So it's true. Uses. Sky's the limit. I, I love just the potential there. But I think what we're seeing, though, and we're at this very interesting time. You mentioned mm -hmm. Google Monocle, for example. Yes. <laughs> Being able I love it. So what we're now seeing is, so that was a failed technology, but they're still working on it for industry and stuff I like that. I think it'll relaunch. But they're building on it. Yes. They're building on it so that, it, yeah, VR great but let's make it let's build on that mm -hmm. and so all of a sudden now it can be something different maybe you know maybe the kids can travel to mars right like it's gonna right happen. It, they're working on yeah. it and when it does happen will the technology have progressed to the point where now they can be here like star trek in a holographic form and interact with mom and dad i love it i have no doubt we're going to see that come to reality before I croak. Stepping stones. Stepping stones. And yes. We're getting into this crazy, exciting sci-fi era, which is so super exciting.
According to CoinGecko, uh, here's what the crypto market looked like at 1,700 hours Eastern time on Wednesday, December 19th, 2018. Bitcoin uh, this week is at $3,689.44 U.S. They lost $551.75 in the past two weeks. Litecoin, uh, similarly down $28.93 per coin, lost a loss of $5.57 USD. Ethereum is at $99.96 USD, again, a loss. Uh, Monero is down to $45.24 USD. Now, the small guys, Stellite um, is at 1.86 ten thousandths of a cent, down just a little bit, as well as uh, TurtleCoin, also with the same loss of, uh, well, it's lost a little bit at 0.47 ten thousandths of a cent. Remember, the cryptocurrency market is always changing, and it's always volatile. Thanks for watching the Category 5.TV Newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.TV Newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm Robbie Ferguson. And I'm Jeff Weston. Thank you so much for being here again with us, everybody. Not sure when you're watching this, if it's before or after Christmas, but uh, we're recording this before Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. I hope it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful season for you and your families. Um, and also, Happy New Year going into 2019. We'll see yes. you. Uh, we will see you next week, but we'll be pre-recorded. Again, not sure when you're watching this, so how that plays into things. But we will, uh, we will be here in the new year and uh, looking forward to seeing you. Take care, everybody. Bye. Happy holidays.